So you have in front of you is a, a piece of Torah from Rav Wolfson. It's from Emunasi Techa Parsh Tzav in Tavshin Samach Gimel. It's on, I think it's a very fascinating piece. We'll work through it together. It's definitely built on concepts that we've learned in the past. Uh, concepts that Rav Wolfson is very into related to Kesser and these type of things. So we'll work through it together. Well, Rav Wolfson's Torah is to explain why is it that Purim is celebrated in the second Adar, not in the first Adar. And there's many reasons for this, but let's run through it together. So he, quotes, he starts off by quoting a Medrash. Isa Medrash. The Pesach says in Bishalach, that when Amalek attacked Klal Yisrael, Hashem told Yeshua, Moshe told Yeshua Benun, gather soldiers, says the Medrash, you should dafka have all the soldiers that fought Amalek were born in Adar Sheni. I mean, there was no, uh, I guess there was no, I don't really know, I never thought about it, but I'm not really sure how there could have been Adar Sheni considering they only had a calendar for the last year, but, okay, but find people that's birthdays were connected to Adar Sheni. And therefore you don't have to worry about uh, witchcraft because Amalek was very much connected to witchcraft and wizardry. And Adar Sheni, they have no ability to be shaylet. They can't control Adar mazel. This month doesn't really have a mazel. It's not like the other ones that you know what they are. Adashani is sort of outside of the machana a little bit. Ubnei Amalek mechshefim heim. The Medrash says the Amalek were uh, wizards. V'yishlam shlita b'yud beiz mazalas. And they were able to control all the months. Avachoydish zeh she'ein by mazal ein kishufa matzliach. They cannot be matzliach. Amalek cannot touch those Jews of Adashani. The question is, what does that mean? So says Wilson, he writes it in two lines, but it's something that we've spent many hours together learning. V'yishlam var b'yuroi. And let me explain, says Rav Wolfson, ki hine yesh hanhoga shi mishpat. Right, we know there's different ways to put this, there's different perspectives, there's different lashainas, but there's two ways that Hashem could look at you. He could look at you based on your actions, and then there's a much deeper madrega, which is He looks at you higher than that. He doesn't look past, He doesn't look at all the actions, He looks at who you are. We've talked about this many times, that there's there's, you know, your intellect and your emotion and your body. But then the question is, what causes all of that? Right? You have your Chabad, which is your intellect, Chagas Nehi, which is your emotion, and Malchus is your actions. So you have your intellect, emotions, and actions. The question is, but what causes that? What makes you you? Right? You think a certain way. You feel a certain way. I don't feel the same way. I don't think the same way. Why is that? So you say, well, we're different. What makes us different? We have the same brain, same liver, same spleen. The answer is there's something different. Your DNA is different. In the terminology of the neshama, the part of the neshama that makes you you is called keser. Keser is the part of the neshama that's the highest point. That's the point that Hashem loves. The love that Hashem has for Klal Yisrael does not come from our emotion. It doesn't come from our intellect, because if that were the case, then what happens if your emotion is used to distance yourself from Hashem? What happens if your intellect is used to distance yourself from Hashem? The same way a parent loves a child, not based on emotion or intellect, it's just you can't put your finger on it. That part of the mother that she can't put her finger on is called Keser. We've spoken about many times from a Wilson. The way to unleash Keser which is that if you want HaKadosh Baruch Hu to not look at you 
from an intellectual perspective and not to look at you from an emotional perspective, but to try to look at that point the same way a mother just has that love for a child. If HaKadosh Baruch if you want Hashem to look at you that way, one of the ways to unleash that is through a lottery. It's through a gyro. You see, when you, someone says flip a coin, you say, why? I don't know. We just decided. It emotionally doesn't make sense that you're going to rely on a flipped coin. It intellectually doesn't make sense. The answer is just cause. To get to that part of Hashem's love for Klai Yisrael, which is just cause. The Pasuk says that Akadish Baruch Hu, that Klai Yisrael said to Hashem, Ach Esav Liyakov. The Esav and Yaakov are twins. How come you love us? Hashem says, I love you. What's the answer? It means cause. Just because. To get to that point of Akadish Baruch Hu's love, the way to do that is through a lottery. And as Wolfson's going to point out, that's why. Let's see it inside. There is a relationship that Hashem has, which is He could judge you based on what you've done. But there's a different way. And a lot of people think of this as like bypassing, as in it's like a watered down. It's not watered down, it's a much deeper relationship. Which is higher than that. It's what's called a gairul, it's a lottery. Hashem loves you just because. It doesn't make sense emotionally, it doesn't make sense intellectually, it just is. It's from that point of the neshama called Keser. That point of the neshama that's so deep that Klal Yisrael doesn't even understand it. That's where Klal Yisrael and Hashem touch. It's not intellectually, it's not emotionally. If you were to trace it back, it's to that point, that little yud. That little point, that's where HaKadosh Baruch and Klal Yisrael touch. It's a point that you can't really even understand. Why is it that Hashem loves you? I don't know, but it is. And the way to unleash that is through a and we learned together a very beautiful piece from the Bnei Yisachar, that the Bnei Yisachar says that's why Purim is called, it's based on Pur, right? We named Purim after the lottery. What was the lottery? That Haman chose Adar to kill us. That's the name of the Yom Tif. Name it Esther, name it Mordechai. The answer is because what really saved Klal Yisrael was that Haman made a lottery. And then in Shemayim, they saw a lottery and they said, ooh, I know what a lottery does. A lottery doesn't make sense. You know, it also doesn't make sense. HaKadosh Baruch Hu's love for Klal Yisrael is also a Bechina, a And therefore, says Rav Wolfson, And that's why the whole Indian, the whole process of the two goats on Yom Kippur, which is they have two goats that are identical, mamish identical, but one goes to, one is a Karban and one goes to Lazaza, goes to hell. What's the Pshat? So the Maral and the other Mepharshim explain it's symbolic of Yaakov and Esav. The mamish, they could look identical, identical twins. But yet one, Lazazel. Why? Sometimes we earned it, sometimes based on your actions. And if you don't have those actions, it's still true. So what does the Kayin God will do to decide which one is which? He does a lottery. They do a gyrol to unleash that Nakuda. And says of Wolfson, The Roim is, the Indian of the gyrol is an illusion. That that gyrol is ma'ir, not just that which, it's not just a way to clarify which animal should be used for, rather in Shemayim, it's ma'ir another gyrol. And that is the same way, that gyrol doesn't make sense, but because, so too in Shemayim, the relationship that Hashem has for Klal Yisrael sometimes doesn't make sense, but because. And therefore, and therefore, even if you have a goat, that mamish looks like the goat, it's la Hashem. And this is where Rav Wolfson 
this is if this is my first when I started getting into Wolfson's Torah. This stood out to me more than anything else. Certain years he was more into it than others. His gematrias, his gematrias are amazing. And this piece alone, he's got like seven gematrias. Shnei seirim is gematria shorish hanelam, is gematria that hidden point of the Jew. He continues, this Indian, that relationship, which is again not based on external, because if you look at externally, sometimes Jews look like goyim. The whole Indian of Yom Kippur is looking past the external. And so too, that's also Kippurim, Purim as well. The Indian of Purim is HaKadosh Baruch who didn't look at the external. And that's why Purim was also connected to a Goyrul. As Chazal say, right, they asked, we'll talk about who in a moment, but they asked one of the Tanoim, what, what, uh, you know, what saved Klal Yisrael? So they said, so he said, what was the problem? He said, they went to the Suda. He said, no, no, meaning, even when they went to the Suda, and it looked like it was a big thing, they were just doing it externally. Deep down, they didn't want to be there. That's what that means. That you look outside, and it looks like they're at a, they're at a, a meal, and they're laughing at the big day Kayin Gadol that are being worn by... It's, by the way, it's mamish, like, if you think about what we're going through, we read the Purim story like a child. It's the equivalent, Beli Guzma, of there being a Suda five, ten years from now, on October 7th, with the head of the table is Yaya Sinwar, Yimach Shemoy, celebrating October 7th, and Jews being there. It's mamish what it was. It was, a, it was a meal to celebrate the Churban of the Beis Amikdash, which the Churban of the Beis Amikdash was way worse in numbers. Millions of Yidin were killed, and it was a meal to celebrate that it'll never be rebuilt. And you read this, and you think about this, you say, how could Klal Yisrael go to such a party? So says one of the Tanoim, don't worry. Deep down, they didn't want to be there. Meaning, stop looking at them with those eyes of Mishpat, but look at those eyes of Egeiral, those eyes of Keser. That's the whole Indian of Purim. Which is the Tana? that said that, it was Roshim Bayechoi. Roshim Bayechoi has the ability to look past. And he just sees deep down, he sees, all he sees is Keser. And he says, And who was that? Roshim Bayechoi. What did Roshim Bayechoi say? Roshim Bayechoi said, Roshim Bayechoi said, I could excuse everybody. The whole Indian of Lag Bohemer is... To stop looking at Klal Yisrael with the externals, but to look at deep down what makes them. And what makes them is that Ahavativis, that sometimes is dormant, that Keser, the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu looks at us, and therefore Shem Echoy is the one who says, don't look at the party. I know it looks terrible. Deep down, there's a part of them didn't want to be there. And maybe that part of them, they didn't even know about. But I'm telling you, I could see there's a part of that part of Keser didn't want to be there. And he says like this, Therefore, the Indian of Purim, the Limitzchus of Purim is to look at the Goyrul, to look at that love that Hashem has that doesn't make sense. And therefore, at that party, the whole Vanapoichu, that that party, which crazy for Jews to be there, but not only does Hashem just say, I, I, I don't know, it doesn't make sense, but I'm still going to love them, I'm going to use that party as the beginning of the Yeshua, because that party killed Vashti, which put Esther there. And who's the one who's Melamed Tzchus? Who's the one who says they didn't want to be there? Rishim Ba'yichoy. Who's the, what Yom Tuf is Rishim Ba'yichoy? Lag Ba'oymer. And he says that's why Purim and Lag Ba'oymer are connected. How are they connected? Lag Ba'oymer, Mekusher and Purim. 
The Falag Boimer and Purim are connected. How so? Kiedu Asimin Shel Peleg, Sheyoim Purim Chal Boise Yoim Shvu, Shechal Bag Boimer. Every year, Lag Boimer is the same day of the week as Purim. This year as well. Every year, it's Sunday. This year, it's Matzah Shabbos. Every year, what's the Pshat? Because Purim, the whole Indian of Purim is Rishon Meichai, which is Lag Boimer. And he says, apparently there was a piyut. I don't say this because we, we, uh, we skip everything. But in the piyut, they have the piyutim of a Purim. It says there's a whole tefillah on each aspect of Golis. And the one pasuk that's referencing Purim, it says, Elam Shas Kiso, which is describing Purim. The pasuk ends off in that piyut. That Hashem had compassion. Those words is the gematria of Shimon Bar Yechoi. Continues. Because Shimon Bar Yechoi is the soul of Purim. He continues. Right? We know that the, the, there's one mimer, there's one mizmer of Tehillim that's very much connected to Purim. It's the Tehillim that Esther Hamalka said as she was going into Achashverish. Ayelas Hashachar. Ayel Sashachar is Gematria of Shimon Bar Yechoi. Shezeo Amizma Shomer Esther. Lam Natsayach Ayel Sashachar. He continues. This is Mamish. By the way, there's no way you, could, you can't think like this. You can't sit down with a computer. And he says, you have sometimes people by speeches, they like to put in. These are not Gematrias that are being put into a computer. These are Gematrias that are coming from that place called Sherish Anelam. And he says, Sherish Anelam, which is against that Nekuda called Keser. Is Gematria of Shimon Bar Yechoi Lakol. Shimon Bar Yechoi is for everyone. Go to the next. Ubetchilas Amegillah, Vayihi Bimeach Ashverish, is Megamatria of Shimon Bar Yechoi. Continues. Hina Amolik Nizdakik. Oh. The whole Indian of Purim is fighting Haman. Haman is who? Is Amolik. Who did Amolik attack? What bothered Amolik so much? What was the Koyach of their fight? Amolik was bothered by this Keser. Amalek didn't like the thought that there's something special about Klal Yisrael. That according to Amalek's perspective, if they're tzaddikim, that's one thing. But they're not tzaddikim, and therefore they're like everybody else. And who did they attack? Amalek nizdakeik l'niflotim shel shevedon. We know who did they attack. They attacked those Jews that were kicked out of the Anani Yaakovid, which is shevedon. Those Jews were doing Avodah So therefore Amalek attacks them. Because Amalek's whole Indian is to say, they're doing Avodah like everybody else. Even they cut the brismila, that mokam mamila, which is also even the amalek of Hayoim is oisik in attacking the mila. And he says, The same way those neshamas were kicked out of the Ananiya covet, that they didn't have a place in the Ananiya covet, meaning that they don't have a place in regular Yiddishkeit, that to everyone else it looks like they're cut out and they could be removed. The Jews of Shevet Don, you know what month they're really connected to? Adarsheni. Adarsheni doesn't have a place either. Adarsheni is not within the structure. I know that the Arizal said that Adarsheni is connected to Menashe Nafrayim, but he is saying in their Neshamas, Adarsheni is not Mekusher. Adarsheni are for Jews that don't have a place. That the same way those Jews of Shevet Don did not have a place in the structure of Yiddishkeit, that because of their actions, they were removed from the Anania Kovid, so too there are Jews that do not have a place they don't have a place in the regular month. They don't have a month that they call their own. They're not comfortable in Yiddishkeit. They're connected to Adar Sheni. And therefore, what makes those Jews that are kicked out, so what makes them still Yidden? 
It's not their emotion, it's not their intellect, and it's not their action. Because they don't act like Yidin, they don't think like Yidin, they don't feel like Yidin. What's the answer? What happens when you strip everything else away? All you're left with is that Yud, that Keser, that Sherish Hanelam, that Rishim Bayechoi. And therefore, it's Dafka, those Jews that are born in Adar Sheini, that are going to fight Amalek. He says, that Adar Sheni is the month that's kicked out of other months. And therefore, it's connected to those Jews, and therefore those Jews that are born in Adar Sheni, therefore it doesn't mean literally, it could be they're not literally born, but they're connected to Adar Sheni. Those Jews that are born in Adar Sheni, that they don't have a place. And therefore Amalek thinks that they're nothing, they're dafka, the ones that are going to take down Amalek. Because Amalek is going to look at them and say that, you know what? You look like me, you think like me, you act like me, but you're not me. And it's Dafka, those Jews, that are going to be Megal of that. Because Rechaim Kineski is not going to be Megal of that. Because of course he's not Amalek. It's Dafka, the Adar Sheni Yidin. And he says, You see, if those Jews of Shevet Don, which are kicked out of the Machana, which are kicked out of the months, where do they have a chilek in Torah? What's the part of the Torah that's the most kicked out? So we know that the last eight psukim, it's unclear who wrote them. It's a machlekes in the Gemara. One opinion is that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote them with his tears because the last eight psukim describe his death. Another opinion is that you know who wrote them? Yeshua ben Nun. Because the last eight psukim are for those Jews that don't have a place. That those Jews that don't have a classic place in Torah's Moshe, that those Jews of Adar Sheni, those Jews of Shevet Don, their dafka is still in the Torah, and they're written in by Yeshua ben Nun, the one who attacks Amalek, the one who could take down Amalek. It's dafka from those Yidin. And he says, This is the secret of the last day psukim in Torah, Yeshua, according to one opinion. Because those Jews of Shevet Don that don't have a place in, in, in the Machan, and they don't have a place in the months, they're stuck with Adar Sheni. They don't even have a place in Torah. They were written by Yeshua. So it looks like they have no Chelek in Torah, Moshe, but they're Dafka, the ones that with Yeshua ben Nun are going to take down Amalek. He says, And therefore those, those letters were not written by Moshe Rabbeinu. Yeshua, this is amazing. There are different ways you could spell names. You could take Yeshua, Yud Hei Vav Shinayin, and you could spell it out fully. So Yeshua is Yud, Yud Hei, Yud Hei Vav, Yud Hei Vav Shin, Yud Hei Vav Shin Ayin is Gematria Melchames Amalek. Because Yeshua fights against Amalek. Yeshua takes those Adar Sheini Yidin, those Jews that have nothing else, but all that's revealed is their Keser, and he takes down Amalek to show that even those Jews are Mekusher. What reveals that Midah, as we said, is a Geirul. You know what also was acquired through a Geirul? Eretz Yisrael. Who got what? There was a Geirul. Because the whole Indian of the connection that Kalal Yisrael has to Eretz Yisrael is also through a Geirul. It's not like you get Eretz Yisrael if you deserve it. We're connected to Eretz Yisrael by our Mohus, that little Yud that binds us to Hashem, binds us to Eretz Yisrael as well. And therefore Eretz Yisrael is acquired through a Geirul. Why? Because. And who are the Jews that over the last 200 years that went in and was Kaivish Eretz Yisrael in all ways? 
were those Jews that externally, that externally looked like Shevet Dun. Those Jews of Adersheni. And it should be that this Adersheni we officially conquer Eretz Yisrael fully, Bishlemus. And he says, the Maral writes in Netzach Yisrael, and therefore, who enters Eretz Yisrael? Yeshua. Because Yeshua is the soldier, the pioneer of those Yidden. Something else he says amazing. In the next paragraph, we know that Achon, Achon um, took the, the loot. When they entered Yericho, he took the loot, which he was not allowed to do. And he died because of this. And the Gemara goes through to describe all the Averis that Achan did. You know what's interesting? The Pasuk says in Yeshua, I think it's Perak Zayin, the Pasuk when it describes Achan, the Pasuk says, Bonecha. The Gemara says, this is the source that Afa Pishachatu Bonimheim. The source that even though a Jew sins, he still called his son is from Achan. Because Achan is revealing that Nakuda. That even though he fell to that very, very dark place, that he had to be killed, but he was still called his son. How did they catch Achan? How did they know who it was? It was through a gyrul. It was Dafka through a gyrul that revealed that point. Because Achan is the vehicle. This is where Tzadik gets a little out there. That it's Dafka through his sin that he revealed that still Bonimheim. And he says, The Gemara goes on Achon and it piles Averis that he did. Piles Averis, not just taking the loot, he did all these terrible things. Because the Gemara says, with all those sins, that he still called a Jew. And therefore, Chazal wanted to add on all of it because they wanted to show that with all that, he's still a Jew. And he had to die like that to reveal that point. How did they catch him? Through a gyrul. Because that's how you reveal that point, that Afapi Shechet Yisrael, who it's Dafka through gyrals. What's interesting is, if you look at the next paragraph, Achon according to most opinions, had one lasting legacy. He wrote a tefillah, the second half of Aleinu. Achan is Al-Kain Nekava. Achan. Al-Kain Nekava Lecha. The second paragraph of Aleinu is Al-Kain Nekava Lecha. The man always brings down that because he did the Avera in Yericho, and Yericho fell when Yeshua said the first paragraph, right? the first paragraph of Aleinu, the Chidah writes that, Yeri, that Yoshua authored the day that Yericho fell. They said it seven times backwards and forwards and the walls fell. So Achan wanted to have that tefillah as Afa Pishachat Yisrolhu. That Achan, his lasting legacy, is that with all his sins, he writes that tefillah on his deathbed of Al-Kain Nekavelcha. I'm waiting, I'm still waiting. That Hashem is still waiting for those Yidin to come back. And he says, Rav Wilson, he says like this, in the next paragraph, and he ends off with this. It's an amazing thing. That the same way there are those Jews of Adar Sheni, of Shevet Don, that are kicked out of the Machana. They're outside of the Machana. Therefore, Aleinu is outside of Tefillah. It's after Kaddish. 
it's after davening is over. When everyone, as Gamliel always likes to say, we turned the Aleinu into Tefil Saderach because we're walking. So it says, after all of davening is over, you say Aleinu. Because it was written by those Jews that are outside. But it's Davka, that Jew, that's Megala, Afapi Shechat Yisrael. That's why Adar Sheni is the month that Purim is celebrated in. Purim is not celebrated. The Kibush of Amalek, the destruction of Haman, is not in Adar Rishon. Tonight is Purim Katan. It's celebrated Davka and Adar Sheni. Because it's Davka, those Jews... You see, Adarishan, it's the exact opposite in the Simcha Shir that Rav gave. That Adarishan, Adarishan is still connected to those Jews that are still in, that are still in the structure. But you know what really tears down Amalek? It's Dafka, those Jews that are outside. Dafka, those Shevet Don. Dafka, Adar Sheni. They take down Amalek with Yeshua ben Nun. They're the ones who author Al Kavalacha. It's Dafka, those Jews that are, don't have a place. But they're still Yidin. And when that comes out, when that truth comes out, that even though they're outside of everything, but when that truth comes out, Amalek falls. And Haman falls. Because he says, But when it's revealed that, that, that those Jews have a goyrul, that those Jews are other Shani Jews, they don't have a place in any place, but they're still connected to Hashem somehow. That they're still writing Al Kain Nekava as they're being killed, but Benechahim, they're still called Banim. The other Shane Yidin, that takes down Amalek, that takes down Haman. Shalbizaycha, to have this, see it with our own eyes, we're living through it. Perm this year has to be different because Mamish, what we're reading about, we've, we saw our own Amalek, we saw what Haman can do with our own eyes, and Akadish Baruchu, Yehudim, we saw what he wanted to do. But Hakadosh Baruch Hu is going to be toila oisoi ala eitz, him, sinwar, and uh, all the Hezbollah and all this narish are going to be hung on the on the pole, and the, uh, the whole world will say. And I'll keep the kavod. I'll stop there.